We're Life is Good. We created our first t-shirt back in 94 when we were fed up with the daily flood of negative news. Sound familiar? Since then, our super soft tees have been helping people make positive connections, reminding us every day that even though life isn't easy or perfect, life is good. Today, we're serving up fresh designs daily and giving 10% of annual profits to help over 1 million kids a year. Join us at lifeisgood.com and let's spread some optimism together. Marco Voice. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hoogstown for Anthony Modest. Not a bad idea. Welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How's it going, man? How are you doing? It's going well. Yeah, I mean, could have picked up a few more points against Sevilla, but uh, we had a good result against Bayern. We got pretty much the knockout stage for Champions League in the bag, so it's been a good week. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It, uh, it, I mean, good week. A week full of draws, one that felt like a win, uh, one that yeah. felt a little lackluster, and I had so much hope going in that second one, and then I was just kind of like brought down a little bit. But I mean, overall, it is a good result. It's it's nice that we got the uh, the win on the road at Sevilla, so it's like we could kind of afford a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was just had higher expectations after the performance. Um, so we are going to get into all that. We, we're here to recap our, our game against Bayern. Of course, Sevilla will do a preview for the game on the weekend against Union Berlin. Uh, we got a Pokal match next week, so we'll talk about that briefly. we got some Twitter questions, and I think that's it. I mean, you got anything else before we jump in, Carver? A lot to cram in for an hour. Let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, recapping Saturday versus Bayern, which... Unfortunately for me, I uh, I did not watch this game live, and mm. I'm usually really good at uh, at not seeing. Like I'll stay off my phone. I go to I take drastic measures to not see any spoilers. And the good thing about Bundesliga on ESPN, like those matches are pretty easy to to watch quickly. Um, the 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 pre or not the preview, but the replay usually goes up pretty quickly. Um, but unfortunately, I was out at a what well, was a soccer event. I was at a watch party for another game our, our team in St. Louis was in a, a cup match. So I was like, I got to watch this uh, kind of like a historic thing. So I got to watch that. And as, as I'm there, I hear a Dortmund fan, someone else that we know, shout out to Jimmy. Uh, but Jimmy definitely spoiled this game for me. I heard him like talking to some other people. He was like, Oh yeah, Dortmund tied two to two. And I was like, no, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> so I didn't. And I mean, at first I didn't know how it played out, but at that point I knew the result. So I got on social media. I didn't see exactly, but I knew it was crazy. And I knew, oh man, it would have been so much better to actually see this w- without knowing this, the spoiler though. Oh man. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, it was a great time. Again, I went to with the uh, fan club for the Borussia STL uh, at the bar and we watched it together and it was a, it was a heck of a time and, and we'll get to that equalizer. Don't get me wrong. But let's, yeah. let's start from the beginning here. So we rocked a four, three, three. A uh, bit of a surprising one, actually. I mean, so, you know, I mentioned that we weren't going to look too defensively, like I guess, like a, a we did against City. And, you know, formations are just really how you line up the beginning of the game. It has no indication of how you're actually going to play. But 
on paper, it looked it did have like a similar look as well as having Sule as our right back here. So you're playing all three center backs here in uh, Schlotterbeck, Hummels, and Sule. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then you had the three holding midfielders, which would hopefully give us a little bit more stability. And then the attacking front three of um, Mukoko, not Mukoko, excuse me. Oh, yes, and yeah, it was Brandt, Mukoko. What am I saying? Brandt, Brandt Mukoko. Mullen, and Mukoko, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, with Meyer and goal. Pretty well, I mean, played pretty well this first half. I mean, we looked pretty solid and composed defensively, pressed pretty well. We were able to win the possession high up the field a handful of times, which immediately puts us in dangerous positions to score. Uh, possession was basically split down the middle in the first half, which I would imagine that a lot of that credit goes to Bayern not having Kimmich in the first half, which when he did come on the second half, they were able to control a lot better. But, you know, we didn't allow Bayern to create really any chances or have any shots in the inside of the box. And um, overall, not bad, not bad at all. Did you have any uh, thoughts of, you know, the lineup or anything like that? Or Yeah, I, well, I think you left out Guerrero. He did start left back. Um <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, seeing the lineup, I, I was actually, so I did come out to the, the watch, the Dortmund watch party for like very briefly. I just stopped by to say, Hey, and even right before the, I think right when they started, we saw, I had saw, seen the lineup and just saw, I honestly read Hummels and Makoko and I was like, cool. Hummels mm-hmm. is back. So I was excited about that. And then we saw Makoko start and I was like, cool. And I did not see the rest of the lineup until they're on the pitch. I was like, oh, Sule, Hummels and Slaughterback. We're like, are they playing a back five? Like what's going on? So, but seeing yeah. Sule uh, play right back. Uh, it was interesting, but I mean, he's done that at, at Bayern. So, and I thought yeah. he, he did pretty well. He got forward more than I thought, but obviously that we lost that option to really push forward with like Mounier does. Um, but I, I think overall, like he played well in that position. Um, and I, the lineup was great. I thought that was one of the best halves um, that we've played so far this year. Um, we, like you said, we were able to, to stifle their attack and even their their transitional plays. We were able to hold them up a lot with the uh, three midfielders in the middle, which we talked about last week, like playing this 4-3-3. Um, and I think seeing it in action against Byron, like it was great. And I mean, we'll talk about the Sevilla yeah. game, but I thought I was it was lacking there. Like we didn't have that. Um, and I think that was a, a missed, I don't know. I, I really like this formation. Harped on a lot last week. And I thought we played really well. Great half. Um, not, we... Didn't have we didn't create too many chances until I think Guerrero's was kind of the first shot on goal um, in the 30th minute. But the fact that we were able to hold them and it seemed like we were frustrating them a lot too. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Bayern usually, obviously, they're they're one of the most clinical teams in the world, arguably the most. But on top of that, every time there's a, a clash between Dortmund and Bayern, I mean, in recent years we're down sometimes two 0 within 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's looking like game over. But yeah, like you said, I mean, we were really frustrating them. And we shut them down pretty much completely for that first half. Again, zero shots inside the box, um, and not many chances at all. And no no big chances whatsoever in the first half. So um, one of the few times that we've played against Bayern that we really looked defensively sound, which was it was very encouraging. Yeah, and I think there might have been nerves at ease a little bit. There was a. There was one, I don't remember what minute it was. This is me not being prepared again, but I remember taking a note. Like there was one one chance where they, I think we, they pulled us apart a little bit, but then like Bellingham was there. It was like we had our, Bellingham stepped in and, and blocked across. It's like we were still able to hold up um, defensively even when our back line maybe like fell apart a little bit. Like we were still able to hold them through. Like the only shot they had on, on 
goal was the goal, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and I mean, maybe Meyer could have done a little better. Man, Oshan was so close to blocking that. It looked like it just skimmed off his sock. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we could have closed down on that goal. We could have closed down a little quicker, but it's like we were right there. It was kind of, I almost think it was kind of a lucky, Meyer could have been in a better position, um, but almost like a lucky strike. It wasn't even that good of a hit. It's just kind of random that it went in, I feel. Yeah, both goals that were conceded that day are, I mean, really just comes down to Meyer. I mean, the fir- not not so much the first one as much as the second one. The second one was a lot more savable. And it's just unfortunate that we had that kind of circumstance. I mean, I'm not really having a go at Meyer as much as I am just kind of being a realist and saying that this is a keeper that has never played in the Bundesliga, let alone the Champions League. And we're expecting him to be at this kind of high of a level every single game. It's just, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, so it's just very unfortunate in that fact that they, you know, they were probably going to have a lot more goes from a little bit further out to kind of test him, keep him honest. Um, but I do want to say too, in the first half, uh, Jude's first yellow, cause I know that's, that's where a lot of controversy oh, comes in yeah. in this game of, uh, you know, he should have been sent off. He should have been sent off. That first yellow card he got was abs- It wasn't even a foul, let alone no. a yellow card. I mean, he won nothing but the ball and it was a brilliant tackle. And I mean, of course, Musiala is 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 going to flip over there, and and it looks bad, I guess, if the ref is not ha- at the right position. But no card, no foul, and he he shouldn't even have been in position later in the second half with the kick against Davies for him to even be considered for a second yellow. Not even close. Yeah, in in the post match, not skipping ahead too much, but on that in the post match, that was something Nagelsmann pointed out. It's like, oh well. Mm-hmm. Jude probably should have sent off with the kick to the head on. It's like, I don't even think that was a foul. That was just like an an unfortunate situation. But if you were to call that a foul and give him a card for that, which luckily didn't happen. um, Yeah. The first one, he got ball and Musiala just like ran over him, just kept running Mm -hmm. through, um, which I understand. Like if, if you're running at the ball hard, like it's not really Musiala's fault either, but it's unfortunate that Jude got the card there. There were so many cards in this game. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of hard tackles and that comes down to, I mean, it's a big match. These teams are going to be going at it. They don't like each other. So that's what we're going to see. But also I think it, it comes down to like the frustrate. Like I said, we're frustrating them. So they're going in with these hard tackles even more, maybe even sooner than what you might expect. And I mean, it was, I don't know if it was, it was nice to see. I mean, it was weird seeing the cards so early. Um, mm-hmm. There's like two ways to look at it. Like he's refs trying to get a little bit of control, um, which didn't I mean, really were, happen. It just kind of kept happening throughout the game. But there were two cards given to Byron in the first twelve minutes when, in Sabitzer. I mean, two minutes in, with Sabitzer, mm-hmm. and then uh, again another ten minutes later with Delit. And right after that was Bellingham's first tackle. Um, I want to go back and say I, I do slightly disagree, unfortunately, and I th- I do think the tackle or the um, the kick to the head of Davies was a foul. Probably would have been a yellow card as well. I'm not. I'm not. I don't disagree with Nagelsmann on that. But it's it's a makeup call. I mean, plain and simple, it's a makeup call coming from the official, uh, thinking that you know he's not going to send him off for that, given he probably knows he messed up with the first call in the first half against Jude. Um, so again, I, I don't I don't really see a problem here in thinking that he should have had a red this game. Yeah, I yeah I don't know. I disagree a little bit. I, I feel like Davies was coming down a little bit. I, I just don't think it was that high. And I think Bellingham had every, every right to go for that ball. Um, Davies did put his head down, yeah. but I mean, I feel like Bellingham's, 
had, I mean, kick was was a bit high. I mean, in most circumstances, and I've, I would argue the vast majority of officials is going to call that for dangerous play. Um, but irrelevant, though, again. <laughs> um, I want to talk about our, our attack a little bit in the first half. Um, was a bit isolated at times. I mean, either Brant or Rococo not really having much support in the sense that you know, he, they didn't have options to really dish off to, and they were just trying to take on two, three defenders at a time and just one V three. So that was a bit frustrating. Um, but other than that, again, pretty decent half. That was pretty much the only th- criticism I guess I would probably put towards Dortmund. Um, again, I really liked how we were able to win possession high up the pitch and, and Byron were just not able to control the midfield whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you probably knew that they were going to make some changes at halftime and Nagelsen was not probably looking happy whatsoever. So, you see Kimmich come on right at the beginning of the second half, and he was able to help Byron control the game a bit more in that sense. And I think it went from 52-48 possession in the first half to 60-40 Byron in the second half. Um, so, I mean, again, it's 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 a, a little bit of a different ball game going into the last 45 with how Byron lined up in the second. Yeah. Uh, first half, though, or I guess at halftime, how are you, what were your thoughts going into it? Cause I was, I felt like we played a great half. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. it'd be down, but I was like so confident that if we keep playing like this, um, we're going to come back no problem. I wouldn't say we'd come back no problem just because, I mean, nothing's guaranteed, especially against a team like Bayern. I mean, sometimes they could really, I mean, I would argue actually the vast majority of times in recent years, they're scoring against us against the run of play. I mean, we could be at them for 25, 30 minutes straight, and then they get one break on the counter, and then it's one nil like that. Uh, and then our heads drop, and then it's just kind of a bit of a downer for the rest of the game. So I was still a bit anxious. Um, and again, they, they came out looking like a little bit of a, a, I mean, a different team with mm-hmm. Kimmich. But we also had a substitution, too, in Wolf. And uh, I went, man, I, I don't know if you saw his shot in the second half. It was it yeah. was within the first three or four minutes, if I'm not wrong, maybe five. It was a, f- but it was 46 minute. It was like immediately. It, it, man, on the first glance when it was live, I was like, oh man, that kind of that went over a little bit. And I wish he would have put that on target. But then on the second glance, Neuer actually got his fingertips to that, mm-hmm. and God, that's got to be one of the best saves I've seen in recent memory. Definitely the best save I've seen this season so far in the Bundesliga. I mean, maybe. There's been some other ones that I haven't seen that I'm unaware of, but that that I've seen is hands down the best save. I mean, for Neuer to be already having his weight and his momentum going one way, and for him to, for him to get his hand up and have the strong fingers to tip that just over the bar. Yeah. I mean, that ball was fizzing at him, so yeah. that was a fantastic shot by Wolf. And uh, He didn't hit it with the outside of the foot, but it also kind of had like that outward bend there or came back inward. Mm-hmm. Take nothing away from Wolf there. I mean, that's the kind of attack that we needed coming out in the second half. I mean, I'm not really having too much of a go at Sule here, but I'm not too big of a fan of having all three center backs start. If we're not going to play a three back. Um, I don't think Sule offers too much as a right back personally. I think he can definitely be an option. If worst case, we don't have anyone else. Absolutely. But I would rather have Wolf play it right back at the time for the time being. And again, he was able to instantly get up and look dangerous in that sense. Yeah, that's something we, we've talked about before, and I was kind of not arguing about it, but it's something I was asking a lot, like, where, where's our depth in those positions? And it's like, Wolf is our depth in those positions, and I don't know, for both mm-hmm. fullbacks, left and right, because it seems like he's the only option, he's like the go-to. Um, and so I don't know if maybe that's something they were working, it was just taking a while. It's like having Sule practice that in training, 
um, to see it's like if if we need mm-hmm. you here, can we put you here? And if that's it, just took a few games, ten games to to get ready to do that because I mean it's nice having that option. Wolf obviously gives us a lot more option going forward, uh, but defensively, it I thought it was fine. Oh, like, yeah. it was great. I would imagine Terzic's thought process was split between two things. Of of, of course, we're going to probably try to have Sule on the pitch because it's Bayern, and at the same time, you're going to have maybe a little bit more defensive solidity. Uh, with having three of our, you know, best defenders on the pitch at the same time, mm-hmm. and try to close those gaps. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I just I liked Wolf up there again. He was looking dangerous right away, and just an incredible shot and an even better save. Unfortunately, did not go in. Yeah, and then it also gives you the option too to if if something happens, you need Wolf mm-hmm. to go up top or whatever. Um, I, I think yeah, but Sule starting against Byron, especially, I think that's probably the thought process too. It's like you want him in there. Gotta be defensively sound, um, and you want because again we're probably better off with Hummels partnered with either Sule or Schlotterbeck than Sule and Schlotterbeck partnering yeah, in, the, yeah. in the back on their own. So, um, but yeah, uh, so quickly after that goal though, like 49th minute, Mane probably should have scored off this kind of chip ball in. Koretska headed it over, and like Meyer yeah. was completely pulled out, and Mane just put it wide. All he had to do is I don't know how that headed straight in. straight in the. I could have sworn that was pretty. <laughs> I I did too. Yeah, watching it, it's like this is, it like just the camera angle even looked like it was going in, and then it mm-hmm. somehow bounced off the board. So I mean, pretty fortunate there. Um, they definitely were able to regain a lot more control in the middle of the park, bringing Kimmich in, like you mentioned. I mean, s- start of the second half, obviously not as great. We kind of fell. It, it fell in one of those games where we, we didn't have the control. Like it was not. It definitely wasn't enjoyable to watch. I'm like, oh, this isn't going how I want it to, and they're mm-hmm. probably going to get another goal. And then it feels like shortly after that, they, they got that goal from Sané, which also kind of came out of nowhere. And then you want, want to talk about Myers' hands on this one, which to to go back real quick before we talk about how he should save this one, because we were talking about it a bit earlier, and I meant to chime in and say, I had wanted, even watching this game, first half, I'd wanted to give Meyer a lot of credit um, because of his lack of experience at this level. And I mm-hmm. feel like his distribution has been so great. Uh, whether he's throwing it or kicking it out, like his distribution at the back has been pretty great. Um, just not what I would expect seeing him jump in at this level. Like he surprised me. Of course, he didn't do that well. He didn't. He let a couple goals in this game. Um, but I think the the other part of it that's the most important part of his game, unfortunately. But yeah. I think he's he's looked pretty good with his distribution, especially. So I do want to yep. give him some credit there. No, his distribution has definitely been impressive for the most part. His spell since Koble has been out, that is something that have that is, I had no idea was really in his arsenal. But yeah, just, I mean, a bit late uh, to react to things and also just didn't really have the best of hands when it comes to... I mean, he made contact, obviously, with Sané's shot, but just couldn't, didn't have the strong hands to keep it out of uh, out of the net, unfortunately. Now you're 2-0 down, and, and I honestly thought it was pretty much game over at that point. And we bring in... Mukoko here, uh, or Adeyemi came on for Oschan mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, after yeah, this first, goal, first, and first. I at this point I was getting panicky. This was a move where I was like, I, "This isn't it." This is what we saw against Man City. Um, I don't know. If, I don't remember if it was Adeyemi, but it was taking Oschan off, and I was like, "That it was against Cologne." Okay, whenever we took off Oschan, but uh, this one is a little bit different because we still have t- uh, Chan on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. Uh, so I mean, I would understand that if it were if we didn't have Chan, and we took off Oshan because then you have just Bellingham as your single midfielder, and he's obviously someone who's wanting to get up more. But 
Uh, I was also proven wrong though at the same time because I was like I was mentioning whenever Mukoko came on, or not Mukoko, excuse me, Modest came on. I'm usually not a fan of the two striker system with what Terzak is doing, Mukoko and Modest. I don't think that's been really that effective. But this game, they completely proved me wrong. I mean, within a few minutes of Modest coming in, they were able to bag that goal. And it was a brilliant finish by Mukoko. Again, for someone at his age to have that kind of finishing ability and that um, just to be that clinical in front of goal and have that killer instinct is, is an incredible quality, obviously. And we're right back in the game. And I, I was saying the whole time, right whenever Sané scored in the 53rd, I was like, if we could just get one goal before the 75th minute, we could be right back in this. I mean, then now you have only one goal to go and you have a, uh, you have the mix of Makoko, of course, uh, having the pace and speed to get behind defenders and make those runs. And also Modest being there as a target man and literally 74th minute, maybe a few seconds for the 75th minute. That's when we get our goal and we're right back in it. Yeah. Um, I do want to go back just this span, this like 10 minute span of when we saw Oshan come on and Adi or Oshan come off, Adiemi go on. The beauty of this being a big game on ESPN is we got the full pregame, the full postgame. There's a lot of postgame stuff where um, we got a like a sideline interview with Edin Terzic afterwards, afterwards, which I thought was really cool to hear him talk about this specific moment, this this ten minute span, um, where obviously I think there was an interview with Chan too talking about the four three three, trying to and their their goal with that is to to be tight, be hard to pass through and. That's what we've seen in these last few games when we played it, and it, it's looked really good. Um, but Terzic, on this note, said we we went a little – we played – I don't remember the words he said, if it was like hectic or crazy, but like kind of this crazy style um, that you don't want to play against Bayern. Like you can't play the whole game against this. But it's kind of like this calculated risk. Like I'm going to throw on another attacker, leave it a little more open in the middle, but we're really going to press hard and kind of the, the Gigan pressing – and we're just going to yeah. go hard and kind of be sporadic and crazy. And we can really only do it for like 10 minutes and hopefully it pays off. And it, it did like that's, it, it worked perfectly. Of course, Modest came on a little bit later to add to that, uh, to change it up a little bit, but yeah, it worked and it was really cool. I think it sets me at ease knowing, uh, like his calculated risk or his, his thought process behind it. Um, because we can sit here and be like, Oh, what are you doing? Like, how are you managing the game? But like, I don't know. It, it, put me at ease and obviously it worked. So I thought that was really cool to hear and to something to look out for moving on. But yeah. Yeah. It's a big roll of the dice, of course. And uh, again, I wasn't a huge fan of the two striker system normally, but the team had as a collective really buys into what Terzik is selling here. I mean, they, they really have a, are a fan of, you know, having him at the wheel. I mean, it looks like we had the team spirit to actually go and, and bag another one here. And, and you mentioned Adeyemi coming on. That was arguably Adeyemi's best game so far in, in a Dortmund kit. I mean, he was electric. Of course, he brought on so much more pace that was much needed. I mean, he cooked uh, Bayern's left back that came on. It was now escaped me who came on for Davies. Um, uh, Standisage, excuse yeah. me. It's, I think it's one of their new players that they bought this summer, if I'm not wrong. Um, but... Adeyemi, yeah, just absolutely cooked him the entire second half when he was on. And uh, just, we want to talk about the equalizer goal? <laughs> well, okay, first we have to talk about the one that, that was not an equalizer in the 83rd, 83rd minute, which which is off that play of Adeyemi just smoking mm. a dude. Um, and I, I want to give some credit to Adeyemi. I think we had a Twitter question about Adeyemi, so I'll probably jump into this again a little bit later. Um, 
I know we talked before about obviously he's he's young and he played in the Austrian Bundesliga last year with Champions League Champions League experience, so he has that. Um, but his his real trait is his speed and just being able to run past guys. But and yeah, maybe he can be a little predictable. And obviously he still needs to work on like that that really like football IQ, uh, like those real like intense game game time situation decisions and what is the best option. Um, but yeah, when I think. I think why you saw him play so well in the Champions League last year, if you watched him a lot, um, it's like he he like lives for these these big time games and these big mm-hmm. moments, and that's when he can get like he's not a guy who shies away from it, like makes him play better, makes him run faster and harder. Um, and this is him in his prime when he can just run and bolt past people. Uh, he definitely still needs to work on some things in his game, but this is really where you get to see him shine, and it was it was awesome. So I yeah, I thought he played great. He smoked that dude down the line. Uh, perfect, like perfect ball into Modest. Uh, yeah, and just That's, it's just literally harder it. to miss that than it is to score with Modest miss. I mean that I could, and he had like two well, chances. He almost had two chances. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <sighs> I know. And it, it was it was really a big letdown, of course. And we've mentioned it before that Modest is just not gifted with his feet whatsoever. I mean, I didn't uh, see too much of his ability with his feet at Cologne. Um, but I mean, he still was able to score with his feet a good amount of times in his career, but just, yeah, and a huge letdown. I mean, and I was not expecting him to have the confidence to go and actually net one at the end there. So, you know, all credit to him for keeping his head up and just wanting to go and actually attack and, and, you know, keep at it there. Um, yeah, could not believe that didn't go in, but then shortly after that, of course, well, I'll, right, right before the goal too, even, I mean, you have, uh, Coman getting sent off and just which being, again I mean, is Yemi. yeah running. yeah I mean he was Coman was was useless for Bayern that entire second half uh I mean he came on at halftime and offered them absolutely nothing so I mean and I was on the Bayern subreddit and people were bashing him for what, how <laughs> poor of a game he had but of course that opens us up now I mean we already have an extra attacker up front and now they have a man down uh, that's going to be a, even more of a uh, an opportunity for us to actually go and get an equalizer here. And I mean, Adeyemi, let's start from the top. So Adeyemi, pretty decent ball in whenever he. Uh, oh, I want to. I want to start before that, where we had a couple corners, and Meyer is just like chilling up in the box. Yeah, and I, I'm and loving stayed it. Up there <laughs> stayed too. up there for, Stayed up there this whole play. It was like, oh no, yeah. Adeyemi's back there. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he stayed up there. Um, Adeyemi whips it in. Luckily, I don't think anyone got to it on the first bounce. So. It goes right over, uh, I think it was Pavard, if I'm not wrong. Um, and, man, I just, I cannot get over. I watched the turn that, of sh- Schlotterbeck yeah. close to 100 times now, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, for a center back to do all the things that I'm about to say are just, it's 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 uncanny. I, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen center back have that kind of ability and ball control and composure. But for him to do like a sliding tackle to keep that ball in, and if you watch the ball, he gets such a good touch that the ball actually spins. So it just kind of sits in place almost and, and rolls a little bit to him. And then he gets up and he takes a split second to breathe and just kind of wait. You know, a lot of people uh, online were saying like they were just kind of launching in already. And, and rightfully so, you know, you have the nerves going through you and, and you don't know how much time is left. And, um, you know, you're getting closed down. You just kind of whip it in real quick. But no, he has the he's cool as a cucumber. And he just and he takes that split second to wait for you know uh, Modest, 
And uh, I forget who else was also in the box at the same time. And I don't know why now I'm blanking. Everybody. But, yeah, well, everyone. Yeah, but it was right <laughs> next to him, uh, Modest. And oh, it looked like Guerrero was up there. Jude was right around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might have been Jude. But, <clears throat> I mean, he whips in the absolute perfect cross. I mean, it was a it was a peach. You cannot get much better than that. I mean, just again, beautiful cross right across goal. And there's no way Modest wins that. I mean, he just needed it on his head. That's all. Right. Whenever he scored, I just immediately started like pointing on my forehead. Uh, and just the place just absolutely went insane. I mean, I, that atmosphere was unreal to witness. And we were at the bar and it was the same way. I mean, the, the Bayern fan club was on the complete opposite side of the patio and the Dortmund was on the uh, side fan club was on the other side of the corner and all of us just tackled each other and threw our beers and everything. I mean, I, I could not believe it. I mean, it, that was in the dying, not even minutes, but seconds of the it was, game. It was, I mean, we had four minutes of stoppage time and that was the 95th minute. So, mm-hmm. oh, man. Well, but even then it was just, it was seconds afterwards. It, it wasn't, oh, you yeah. know, and the, and, the, and the ref obviously isn't going to call it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's nothing like uh, that they could have prevented anything like that, but, Again, they're just there are very, very, very few center halves in the world that can deliver that kind of pass that Schlotterbeck did. So, I mean, take nothing away from his assist. But yeah, the, the Modest is at the right place, the right time, of course. I mean, that's one of his bigger strengths is just being in those positions to go and score. And of course, he's really deadly with his head. And you get a point off Bayern, man. And that losing streak, 10 games in a row. Yeah. Oh. It was so and good. The last, and the last time we came down from 2-0 against Bayern was in 2006. I know, uh, I think on TV it was 1989, but I read online that that's actually incorrect, and it was 2006 is the last time we came back from 2-0 against Munich. Oh, yeah, 1989 sounds way better. That's what I had that in my notes, but... Oh, you're good. I thought, <laughs> thought it was that too, but I mean that's just what I read online at least. But yeah, um, yeah an incredible game, obviously, from the neutral standpoint of view. Uh also great for Dortmund fans to get away with a point here. And I, I again, I think we outplayed Bayern. I mean, that's oh, one yeah. of the few times in, in recent memory that we we did outplay them. And we, we, we had more chances than them on pretty much every measurable um, thing you can imagine. And again, we looked pretty defensively sound. Uh, we were, we were physical, we were hungry. Um, and of course we, uh, we attacked pretty well in the, in the closing minutes too. Yeah, um, so on the stats quickly, um, possession, we had 44% uh, possession uh, to their 56. Expected goals was 1.62. They had 0.61. Uh, we had 12 shots to their nine. Two big chances created for both. Um, what's the shots on goal? Uh, six shots on goal, um, and they only had three on target, and two of those were goals um, that were kind of, we, I mean, we talked about the goals. So yeah, I and I mean looking at that first half, like we dominated that. There was that span in the this like at the beginning, maybe first fifteen minutes um, of the the second half until they scored, and then that's when we like like we went in that like hectic, crazy mode to uh to really just go hard. Um, and yeah, it res- resulted in the goal. So yeah, majority of the game, it seemed like we were on top of it and and winning, and even in the 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 end when we got the two goals, obviously it was just like nonstop, nonstop pressure and, and nonstop chances. And, so, and I want to give a shout out too for our midfield. Cause they just, I mean, they played their hearts out and, and Brent included. I mean, Brent yet mm-hmm. again 
showing how his work rate has improved dramatically this season. And everyone that was commenting on our reel that we posted a few weeks back haven't actually been watching the man play at all this season because he has been proving them wrong consistently 90% of the time this season with his work rate. I mean, he's tracking back. He's constantly putting under teams under pressure. I mean, he's running hard. He's getting into tackles. He's he's putting his body on the line. That's something that we haven't seen Brant do at all in the last few years. So, and what again, the players are really buying into what Terzic is selling. I mean, them always embracing him after you know different goals or just every single game. It shows the connection that he has not only with the squad but the club as a whole. I mean, this man really lives and breathes Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, on on Brant too. I watching this Bayern game. I was like, man, Brandt is fantastic. And I was like, I, I took a note. I was like, I need to go back and look at his stats because I didn't have him pulled up during the game. It's like, and before we record, I want to make sure I look up his stats because it just seemed like he was playing so well. And then I was like, his stats didn't look that great. Um, but what I remember, because he had accurate passes was like 59%. I was like, that can't be yeah, right. Yeah. But the what I was seeing, it was like he was putting the ball in such good spots. Like, I don't think, it was more on like the player not getting there or like his through ball just missed or whatever. Like, but he was creating very dangerous situations and, and just had a ton of great balls in. They weren't always accurate and that, but I don't think that was always his fault necessarily, but he was putting the ball in very dangerous positions and creating a lot. And although like his stats overall didn't look that great, he did create the most chances in the whole match. So. Yeah, I was going to say that too. And and really with his passing, I mean, I feel like that's that's easy to judge on paper. But if you watch him in the game, again, it goes back to him not really having any support. So he was just, you know, trying to do what he could against three or four different Bayern defenders at a time. But I mean, a lot of his uh, praise also comes from his work and movement. And winning off the, ball. the ball, yeah. I it, mean, it, it, it really is just, you know, how he was pressing and, uh, you know, putting in the defensive work. I mean, that's... And the dirty work. I mean, that's that's something that I've, I really admire him for actually trying to improve in his game. Yeah, um, and I mean that was one thing that pointed out in the that stuck out to me in the Sevilla game too. He was everywhere. He was running like a lunatic, and I've never seen him work that hard before. And then on yeah. the Byron game, just quickly like defensive stats. Uh, he he won two out of two tackles. He had one interception, four recoveries, um, and then ground duels. He he only won three out of seven, so forty three percent. And then aerial duels, one out of three. But he's like getting stuck in. That's just something we didn't yeah. see much. So I don't care if he didn't win all of his ground duels. If he's getting stuck in and working hard, like that's what we need to see from him. And you add that to his create the creative aspect of his game and his ability to pass, like yeah. awesome. Completely agree. And again, that uh, just a great result uh, uh, to break that losing streak against Bayern at home, no less, in that kind of fashion at the end there. For anyone bashing and saying that, like, oh, we're celebrating a tie or anything like that. It's like, you, you want a police passion in football? You, is, that, is that what we're trying to do here? <laughs> That's why this game's great. Piss off. That's why this yeah, game's exactly. great. Like, you can have, like, yeah, the people, no one listening is going to think this because they're all listening. But uh, <laughs> the, the people who just shit talk football, soccer, and like, oh, you can just tie. Trolls. It's like, yeah, but a tie can be the best win ever or mm-hmm. feel like a loss, which it's a Sevilla good result. Yeah. Kind which, of felt yeah, like that, but <laughs> the, the tie felt a little bit different against Sevilla here. And do you want to go ahead and start to transition into that one? Yeah, we, we talked, I mean, I'm not going to say we, we talked about this game enough cause we keep talking. Cause I mean, this is a fantastic game. I'll talk about it forever. Um, but <laughs> we, 
we to to keep on our uh, time restraints, we'll uh, get moving on to uh, Sevilla Tuesday night Champions League. Man, I was riding real high. It helps that I I since I knew the result, I kind of put off watching that game for a while, and I watched it pretty much the night before Sevilla. Mm-hmm. So I was like real hyped. And I will say, even though I knew the result, and I kind of knew how it played out, I knew we scored late. I don't know how it played out exactly. Even knowing what was going to happen, I was like, oh, 95th minute, this better, all right, this is where it's going to be a goal. Yeah. Um, I was still like like jumping off my couch going crazy. So even knowing what was going to happen, it was still unbelievable. Um, oh, so, yeah. So jumping um, into Sevilla, Koble back. Um, and we'll talk about his his save. But uh, So Koble's back starting in goal. We had Munier, uh back starting at right back, Sule and Hummels. Our two center backs and Tom Rota got the surprise start uh, at first left Champions back. League start ever. First Champions League start. Is he seventeen still or is Correct. he eighteen? Um, saw Bellingham and Oshan to holding, and then Adiemi, Brant, and Mullen and Modest up top. So it was back to the four two three one. Um, so with this lineup, I'm my first thought. I think more the the Rota starting um, was, and uh, maybe. I don't know. I've seen this, this, I was like, I mean, it's okay. Like resting, definitely letting Guerrero rest. Um, and, and just with that, like we had some good options to come off the bench too. Um, and your, your thoughts on the, I mean, everyone uh, needed the rest in this oh, game. Yeah. I, I mean, I, of course we were riding that high and I think every Dortmund fan is really expecting us to go out and try to get a result. I mean, which we did try to get a result out of this, but like look a little bit more high energy but I mean, you gotta you gotta uh, realize that these are human beings, and on top of that, Sevilla, this is their last chance to have any sort of real shot at getting out of the group. And on top of that, you can have the you know talk about the quote unquote new manager buff, if we want to call it that, um, with them uh, firing Lopetegui last week, and now they have a new manager that they can kind of try to get behind. So that's good. And Sevilla is also, of course, just a tough opponent in general. So, I mean, our, our players are just completely gassed coming off of a huge game like that. Then you have champions league, just a few games or a few days after that. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, before we really get into this, I want to talk Modest a little bit. We probably didn't give him enough praise, uh, for that Bayern game, which obviously he came on and got an assist got the goal and the goal yeah. and the goal. Um, because last week we did talk about Modest a lot and specifically like, you gotta, you gotta bitch him. He's gotta, he's gotta, I said, he's gotta come on as a sub and start proving himself, which he did all credit to him. And in no way I'm like, I, I said it last week, we're not like hating on Modest, but from what we've seen, like give Mokoko the chance, like let him run with it. Um, so coming into this game, were you a little surprised to see Modest back out there? Cause I think, I don't know. You can go both ways. But this was also just a complete formation change, so maybe that's why you throw Modest up there. But it was back to it, it was it was back to what we'd seen before, and I don't want to discredit anything Modest did in the Bayern game. But maybe him not starting did give him like that's what you can see from players too. Like if they get benched, they're going to come on with more fire almost. Like you, you see that all the time. No, I honestly completely agree with you. I mean, of course, it it w- did look a little bit similar to how it was before, I and mean, we looked pretty disjointed. Um, it's, it's difficult to get Modest involved. We've been saying this for weeks now. And of course we also conceded a really stupid goal early on coming from a set piece. I mean, this has been a glaring problem for us for several years now. People were wondering online for the past few seasons, if the club has invested in like an actual quality set piece coach to hope to hopefully help us shave off some of those idiotic goals. But 
Uh, just, yeah, I mean, I was getting down early on. And also, I mean, what's, what's also been a concern for me is our ability uh, to actually work with attacking set pieces as well this season. I mean, we've been struggling to score whatsoever from corners or just free kicks on uh, from the other side of the field as well. Um, it just looked really toothless with attacking set pieces and also very scattered, unorganized, and not focused on defending set pieces either. I mean, we, we struggle to mark really. So, I mean, it is just kind of what you're saying. We've seen this before, conceding early on, and we've got a, um, a game to catch up to now. I mean, you would think with like with the height that we now have in our squad, and we, we have players that are capable of getting head headers on to um, – or getting ahead to some of those these free kicks that we have now. I mean, of course, you have uh, Modest in the squad now, and instead of Akanji and Zagadu, which who – I mean, credit to both of them and, and having you know different – decent aspects of their game. They both were pretty horrendous in the air, Akanji and Sakatu. And now you have Schlotterbeck and Sule, who are both pretty much miles better in, in both of those senses. Um, and, of course, like I said, Modest also. So, I mean, you would think that we would be a little bit more dangerous, but unfortunately, that's just not really the case at the moment. Yeah, and on this free kick, uh, I mean, <laughs> there was something poetic in my least favorite poem ever, but a, a former Bayern player player in the end yeah, of course scoring yeah. this goal right after uh right after our, the the draw on the weekend so i was like oh my god i was like is this a terrible sign like is this a sign that we're not gonna win and and mm-hmm. byron is like getting us back on the uh which was frustrating but yeah i mean seeing this lineup not this lineup but seeing this play out i guess back to this formation um and with modeste up top and i feel like it almost proved like we should play the four three three, and I know it's not all about formation, um, but I think personnel wise, we what what we've seen with those three midfield players, Bellingham, Oschan, and and Chan, there like it gives us so much more control in the middle, which I think we we missed a ton in this game. Um, obviously, like Bellingham and Oschan are great players, and I think there's like I love Oschan. Like I, every week after week, we don't give Bellingham enough credit because you just know like he's gonna be. Bellingham and amazing. And then I always try to praise Oshan because I think he's such a good signing and so good week after week. Um, but there's they're they're also they're great moving forward and and creating that pressure. So when you have Chan sitting there and give them the ability to help us in our transition play and just to intercept everything in the middle. Um, like we really miss that in, in this game. But to counter that too, it's like if we play, we can't always play three in the middle because we don't have enough depth to do that. So so if yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're still very much lacking another anchor in that sense. Oh, because I mean, if Chan we, can be that guy, but yeah. he's very much a liability also, so. Yeah, so, because obviously Dehoud's out, so if, in, and Dehoud, and yep. say one of them got injured in that formation, then you just have to change the formation. You just are down a midfielder because we don't have anyone else to come in. So we don't really have the depth to play that. Uh, maybe that's it, but I just felt like, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was back to the lackluster Dortmund that we had been seeing. So, yeah, I mean, so we got back into the game relatively quickly. I mean, Jude just doing Jude things. Uh, it was a brilliant goal by him. He's gotten two men of matches, men of the matches in a row in the Champions League, and, and I four think and he four, also is, four and four goals. I was to say also, and also yeah. all the goals so far. I mean, the man just loves to score in the Champions League. Uh, 
But besides that, I mean, I'm, I was looking at the clock in like the 32nd or 33rd minute, and I'm like, man, we completely wasted a half hour here besides that goal. I mean, just really unproductive. Uh, again, disjointed in attack. Uh, but again, it's our, our players are just so gassed. I can't, I can't really continuously have having a go at the squad for just how tired everyone looked. Um, and given how many injuries we have, we just don't really have the personnel to keep that energy up for every single game that we're playing. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Rota? Of course, we saw him subbed out at the half, but um, I there was like very early on because I was thinking it was like, oh, I, I really want to like I want to see what he can do. Obviously, this is a big chance for him, um, and that was the question too. It's like, where's our depth fullback? Like, and he's it. So if we can see some good signs, I didn't think he was great, but obviously, it's a I mean, he's real young, and it's a big game to to jump into. But there was one. This might not. No one else might have caught it. But I thought it was great just to see from a young dude. Like, it might not even be that cool. But I saw I was like, dang, that was nice. But there was like this cross from Sule, middle of the park, where he just like flicked it on with his head. But it was like such a long ball. And he even like jumped in the air to flick it on. And it was a great pass up to Molyneux or whoever was up on the wing. And I don't know. There wasn't much to it. But I was like, that's a good sign. I don't know. I hear you. Well, of course, it's going to be he's going to be rough around the edges, being only seventeen and getting his first Champions League start. And and, and not only that, and we have players of that age who's been kind of doing this thing before. But Rota is also someone who's majority at the time he's with the second team. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's a huge step up for him. Uh, not bad, not not bad. First half from him, or only half from him. Um, didn't win any duels, but. You know, still a great learning experience for him, and it shows that Terzic really believes in slowly incorporating him more into the first team rather than the second team. Uh, had a mix of some clearances, some interceptions, some blocks. Made a great pass to Brandt uh, to create the first or one of our big chances in the first half too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people were expecting him to cross. It was towards the end of the half, if I'm not wrong, and he had like a quick slip of the pass of uh, to Brandt underneath their back line, who was able to, you know, get in a really dangerous position near the six yard box. But overall, I mean, again, a great learning experience for him. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's getting more and more minutes. I want to talk about Mullen briefly. There sure. was one tweet and I, I think it was from Lars. Yeah. Lars Pullman. Yeah. Yep, I know yeah, you're yeah, talking yep. about. Um, I don't, I'm not going to read it. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to read it word for word, but it's like he said, remember when Mullen season started because he blew through a division three winger yeah. or whatever. And, and now, now here we yeah, go. He, he was rent, I think it was like he was rinsing Munich 1860 at, yeah. at the Pokal, but he hasn't really done anything in the last few months. And it's like, I mean, he's not wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I know, and, and that's why I want to talk were, about it because we were hyping him up so much. And he looked, he did. He, I think he looked so promising. Uh, and he was actually utilizing his pace for the one of the first few times. And I mean, the man's been here a year and a half now, and he still does not use his pace. I mean, he's lightning quick. Maybe not as much as Adeyemi, but God damn, is he quick. And if he were to find space where he could run into, be a little bit more intelligent on the ball, have a little bit better decision-making, and actually finish, man, he would be such an incredible player. Such an incredible player. It's just those three aspects of the game that he really seems to lack. And I wish he'd put a little bit more time and effort into that because it's, it's, it's not looking great at the moment. Yeah, and I know our options are kind of slim, um, and I just 
Which is a, it's a great opportunity for him to actually try to earn his spot, you know, whenever yeah. when no one else is really there to take it from him. And he's had chances, like you said, like we've seen so many of these quick slap shot shots on goal, but it's always just right at the keeper, or he's like at a weird angle to where he doesn't have that great of an opportunity to even put it yeah. in. So I don't know, I don't know, like that's just what if he could work on that because you feel like he, if he gets a goal, it's going to do so much for his confidence. But if he's not creating these like really good chances, then I don't know if it's going to come. So I don't know where it needs to, I don't know. This is just something he needs to work on. It is frustrating. And like, it's getting frustrating watching him because you almost feel like when he gets on the ball, it's like, eh, what's going to come from it? Nothing. Um, and I don't know. It's sad. And, and we need, I mean, we need him to step up. We need, that's what we need. We need all these guys to work in goals when we're. Absolutely. When we're, we're lacking in our striker situation or, or like we knew Holland's leaving. That's a lot of goals we need to bring in. And we mm-hmm. knew even pre Allaire, uh, with everything that happened with him, he did, which we, there was an update on his thing. And he talked about like how often he's like all this treatment, and everything. And it's like, it's just, I'm not going to go through it, but it's like, man, it's so, so rough. So hopefully he's, I know he's still in good spirits and, uh, he's still like definitely optimistic about his recovery and everything, which is great. Um, and I know I saw, maybe it was a week ago now, a week and a half or so, uh, he did have a meeting with Vatska and he said he was ending chemo here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So things are looking promising here in the second half of the season, but of course we can't rush anything. He is a human being and we're just looking there for him to get to optimal health before he even thinks about playing professional football again. But yeah, I, I mean, you and I were backing Malin all last year. And just saying the man just needs time. And, and and even towards the beginning of the season, I was like, he still needs time. He's he's coming off injuries now on top of everything. But, you know, at some point in this next month or so, now that he's fully healthy and he's got a, literally a calendar month until the break, you need to start showing something. I mean, something needs to start to improve here. And, and whether it's, again, if he's trying to find a little bit more space to where he can actually utilize his pace, that's where he's going to look a lot more dangerous. Um, get better in his finishing, maybe try to work on his decision-making a little bit more. But if neither of those three really start to happen or start to click, I'd start maybe, I don't know, looking at options here in the spring of uh, what we're going to be doing here in the future. Yeah. Um, I mean, so this game ended 1-1 draw, obviously. not. I feel like not a lot happened in the second half. Uh, it was no. just kind of a lot of not creating chances again. Getting no. getting up there, but then not doing anything in the final third. To be fair, Sevilla didn't do much either. Just and the one thing that did happen in the second half, which a lot of people were saying, including me, I was so baffled by, is is Sevilla time wasting in oh the nine gosh. minutes of the game. Like, Ugh. are they trying to secure a Europa League spot this early? I guess I just I did not understand that whatsoever. I watched the highlights. For this game just before we started recording and no joke like the last two minutes of the highlights is just the ref handing out yellow cards for time wasting two minutes yeah. of I highlights think, think, from a full game the full video seven minutes and two of those minutes are just the time wasting i think i think the <laughs> if i'm not wrong the first like two minutes of extra or uh, added time in the 90th minute no one kicked a ball oh yeah just really strange i really don't understand whatsoever what they were going for but yeah i mean it's a result of course it's the same kind of result that we got against Bayern. but this one felt a little bit more unfortunate that we actually couldn't get a win out of it and secure a knockout stage uh place early but again players are gassed and we thankfully have a three-day break now 
before the Union Berlin game, which we really need to use efficiently and use our time efficiently at training to work on the things that I mentioned already so we can come out and compete and not go down to idiotic goals. Yeah. A um, couple more things, I guess, before we wrap up, wrap up this game. I, I mentioned Koble, obviously, back, and he had another oh, yeah. Koble save. 67 uh, yeah, we minute, didn't talk about that. <laughs> save the game. Just, I mean, I don't know what to say about it other than it's just, if you miss this game, imagine Koble making one of his crazy Koble saves, and that's what it was. Just... <laughs> I mean, just making his body big. I mean, he's, he's an incredible yeah, shot. It wasn't like a leaping. It wasn't a big leaping thing, but just being no. in the right position, split yeah. second. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's not, you know, being a keeper isn't just about making these insane dives. It's about being brave, making your body big, going out and putting yourself on the line to go and actually make a save there. And, and that's exactly what Koble did. I cannot tell you how much uh, an incredible keeper. We have... In my opinion, easily the most underrated keeper in Europe, and it's not even really close. I was going to ask you where he stands in, in that, so I'm glad that you said that. Uh, un- yeah, when it comes to being <laughs> underrated, I, I think he's at the top. I don't even think it's close. Um, any thoughts of Reyna coming back? We we got to see the Reyna comeback, which is obviously we talked heavily after talking USMNT, but glad to see he was back. He got 19 yep. minutes in, um, 14 touches, uh, and he had that one dribble. Just this is. It wasn't as big as the Reina versus Mexico dribble, but it was another. This is just what Reina can do. I was just about to say Reina just being himself, really. So Koble being Koble, Bellingham, Jude being Jude, Reina got to be Reina for a little bit. <laughs> Reina <So>. being Reina, <laughs> and I mean that that could have been a goal too. Just for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I was like, guys, I'm such I'm so smart about talking about soccer. Let me do a podcast. Yeah. Um, no, I mean dribbling through maybe five defenders through the box, puts it across the six, and just unfortunately nobody's there. And that was pretty late in the game too, so it could have could have been a win. But uh, man, uh, so j- good. Not a lot from him except that, but good. Good that he's back, and now it's yeah. just going to be this slow process of working him back in, and hopefully Berhalter doesn't injure him at the World Cup. No, and and I'm very happy to see that we're tears that can turn around now towards the second half of a game and actually have options. That's huge. Um, that is huge. So this will lead into, I guess, previews a little bit. And maybe not this, I mean, not formation, but on looking ahead, because I'm, from what we've seen with the formations, and I probably get way too hung up on formations, which I think a lot of fans do, because coaches will tell you the formation doesn't matter at all, because um, it, it can be constantly evolving and, and changing throughout the game. But from what we've seen with the... Four three three and the four two three one, and we've talked about it a lot in the back and forth and everything. Um, if so, obviously Man City is. We're not previewing Man City. That game's not till October twenty. Yeah, October. It's like what month are we in? October twenty fifth. So we got a, a ways till that. I know we had some questions about that, um, but obviously Oshan is out for that game. So if we were to see a four three three, what are your thoughts on like Royce playing in a three in the midfield or? Uh, Reyna playing in that position too. I mean, I think both have done it before. Uh, maybe even under Terzic, if I'm not wrong, whenever we were uh, first under him last or two years ago now. I mean, both are definitely uh, able or to Brand, do so. You can slide Brand in there too. Yeah. And, and also they can switch between that and uh, going up for a bit too. If Bellingham wanted to go and have a go at, you know, playing left wing for a few minutes. And obviously Royce has the, uh, has the work rate to go and save us and play defense. So um, I, I think it's definitely feasible. 
Yeah. And so I, I, I'm curious if maybe we'll see some of those attacking options. Cause I think those would be the people to do it is Reyna or Royce. And obviously they've been out. Um, and then Brant, but I think in this game, obviously you want Brant up top to, to keep doing what he's been doing. So, yeah, we're, we're really going to need some, um, again, to really use our training time efficiently here to also look at the attacking aspects of our game. And we're going against the best defense in the league. Berlin has only conceded six goals so far this season. That's two less than Bayern. And they've had a handful of clean sheets in a row now. Uh, thankfully, they have one less day rest than us. They're playing the Europa League tomorrow against Malmo. Yeah, other than that, I mean, they're going to be a really tough opponent. And we're not a, and we're not at home either, so... Mm-hmm. So fixture last year, we won 3-0, but obviously yeah. they're a completely different team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be tough. I, I remember even last year, like their, the atmosphere in their stadium is pretty, pretty rocking. I mean, oh, it's, it's just Bundesliga, but they're, they're, it's pretty special there. It's, it's uh, actually a few years back when they first were promoted uh, in 2019, we lost 3-1. to one. And I remember watching that game, actually, it, distinctly pointing out their atmosphere and being like, this is one of the most intimidating atmospheres I've ever seen outside of Dortmund. I mean, that place was absolutely bouncing and and just incredible fan base from them. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. And I mean, not only like they're, they're top of the league. Like it's, it's not like, I don't know. They're they're They, and we're, I think we're far enough in the season, obviously that like you, this is a you can look at the table now. It's not like oh yeah, three games yeah. in top of the league. Like they've been playing well, pretty consistently. It's a hard place to go. Uh, it's going to be tough, and I think they're 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 definitely going to be up for it. I mean, they're they've been up for it against everyone else they're playing, but to play including Bayern, yeah. And, but to a play another top team, uh, it it's going to be tough. I I'm going to go. I can't I can't say a loss or a draw. Like I. I mean, I might. Oh, I did call two-two draw versus Bayern. I had no idea it was going to play out that way. I don't know what was going to happen. We needed something yeah. crazy, and it it worked out. But uh, I, I'll, I'm going to be optimistic and say two-one. Um, I was I was actually going to say if there's one game that I, for some reason, I have no idea. Maybe it's just the pure hope, which is going to kill me in the end. But I I do I do think we might actually scrap a win out of this one as well. You know, having some finally having some available personnel coming back here. Um, Looks like we we can use both of our strikers in different ways. I think we can pull out a win here, but it's definitely not going to be easy. And and thankfully, in in a in a general sense, we're finally reaching the end of this insane stretch that I mentioned back in right at the beginning of September, if I'm not wrong, where I said like, look at our like look at every game we have coming up, and it's like two games in the Champions League uh, that are going to be difficult. And then you have the Riviera Derby and then you go away at Cologne and then you have Sevilla and then you have Munich and then you have Sevilla again. And then Berlin, of course, who's at the top of the league. Then you have a Pokal game right on top of that. So thankfully right after these next, this next week or so, we're going to slow down a tiny bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I was, okay. Berlin is this Sunday. Like you said, we're away. Uh, The kickoff is 1130 Eastern time. Um, and then Wednesday, like you said, no Champions League next week because we are back in the Pokal against Hanover, another road mm-hmm. game there in the uh, two Bundesliga. I do have to give a shout-out to um, Jonas, who is basically my brother. He was a foreign exchange student from Hanover who uh, like lived with my family for a year. So I got to shout-out him because I'm oh, pretty cool. sure he listens, and he's from Hanover. So oh, nice. I 
Thank you for listening. I hope we, I hope Dortmund, I mean, obviously he listens. I think he's a Dortmund supporter in some way, but I hope this goes our way, Dortmund's way, not Hanover. Sorry, Jonas, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that game is Wednesday, 12 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Sounds good. Do you want to grab a, a few Twitter questions before we get yeah, out of here? Yeah, we'll do some Twitter questions and another shout out. That last one for Jonas was kind of spontaneous because I forgot Hanover. But uh, we had another shout out for Jesse, who listens from Wisconsin, new to the podcast, new new listener here. But uh, reach out, send us a really nice email. Um, so just shout out to him. I'm glad that he's here and I'm glad that he's listening. Uh, everything he said was amazing. I don't know if Carver, you have anything else to add, but thanks, Jesse. No, I, I read the email too. It was very kind words. I'm, I'm, Everyone that's reached out to us so far has said, you know, like I'm a new Dortmund fan, you know, I'm, I've, I've just been trying to learn as much as I can and everything. And, and that's what, again, that's what the show is all about, trying to uh, get, uh, find a place for people around America or really anywhere in the world to come and enjoy and vent and just, and overall have a good time with uh, a collective as, as a fan base, you know. Yeah, I love engagement with all, every one of the listeners, honestly. Yeah, and I'll say just one more thing. Uh for the, for the Jesse thing, Jesse kind of told us how he got it in Dortmund and he was like, yeah, I'm a fairly new fan. And I replied, man, I was like, dude, I think you're, you've been more of a hardcore fan. You've been a, a fan longer than I have really. Like I'm very new to this. So, uh, which is why like, we just want to like never feel like, I don't know, you're such a noob of a fan that you can't reach out or say anything. Yeah. Cause I'm very yeah. new here. Mo I guarantee most people listening have been fans way longer than me. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, let's get into these, uh, Twitter questions. First one is from Zaheen. Of course. Yeah, he said, uh, your thoughts on Terzic so far compared to previous managers? Not asking because I lost hope in him. Just genuinely curious as I don't pay much attention to previous managers' style of playing. Which is a great question from Zahain, honestly. Uh, and I thought about it a good amount. I mean, I think, so Terzic compared to last few managers, I mean, there's a lot more of a collective attitude throughout the squad. Players will actually support each other on and off the pitch. I mean, there's... There's um, there's a togetherness and people are embracing each other all the time. The work rate is miles higher in my opinion overall. Uh, Terzic is experience manager for someone at this sort of level, so he's still learning tactically. Absolutely, that part of his game is still very much in development, um, and our attacks are still being figured out in a sense that you know losing Holland is obviously going to drastically change how your team plays and how your team attacks. And on top of that, with Hilaire's situation, Terzic is still working out those kinks. But overall, again, I love the togetherness, the collectiveness that he brings. Um, and believe it or not, I think we look defensive, more defensively stable on a more consistent basis than the last few managers in the recent years. I mean, I, I don't know how much of a hot take that is, but uh, like just today, uh, or yesterday, excuse me, against Sevilla, like we would have lost that game last year under Rosa. I, again, me being the new Dortmund fan, I don't have a lot of experience to pull from, but I guess converse Rosa, I, I would agree with everything you said, uh, especially about the like togetherness. I think that's the big difference. Um, Rosa is hard to judge because we obviously know how, how many injuries we were dealing with and just the, I know we've had a lot of injuries this year too, but that I still think last year was crazier and uh the personnel that was out and it seemed like you just never knew what was happening. And I don't know if that was, we talked about it extensively in, in last season, last season, but I, I think overall this, it feels better and like the togetherness and people, the players want to play together and they're like you said, supporting each other. And so on that note, I like, yeah, I'm, everyone's pulling their way. I mean, just again, look, yeah. look at Brent, like he the did people not look like they, they want to play. 
Yeah. Brant did not play like he is now under Favre. He didn't play like that under Terzic, uh, under Rosa. I mean, the, the work rate overall, the ceiling is much, much higher. Yeah, and uh, again, like you said, new. He's newer. Uh, he doesn't have all the experience, so it's just like it's this learning and, and growing process. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what what happens. I mean, if, Which, if he sticks with us, or if we get a, and vice versa, if we stick with him. Um, mm-hmm. he sticks with us and everything. Uh, it could be exciting, but yeah, it, I think signs are looking good this early. I don't think I said that last week. I think I was really concerned last week, but, um, and not just the buying result, but overall things have been better. I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I don't want to tip the pot too much in the other direction either, but, and I'm not trying to give him excuses for his, uh, for his bad decision-making Terzic. I mean, his game management still needs a lot of work. I mean, I witnessed in person the game against Werder Bremen, so he's still very much <laughs> uh, uh, in development tactically. And, and, and he Ruined your to, whole trip to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and needs to work better on his game management. But I think there's still a lot of positive aspects from uh, him, him being at the wheel at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so next question is from Chris. Is this, is this Chris, Chris from St. Louis? Yes, it right, is. Shout yeah. out, Chris. Uh, do you think Chan gets a start versus Man City with no Oshan? Uh, how many minutes will it take for him to get his first yellow? Uh, I think we might probably, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, we might still go with that more defensively looking uh, starting 11 and shape also mm-hmm. whenever we were away. But maybe now that we're at home, we might look a little bit different. Um, it just depends on how Chan's feeling that day. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> most of the time it's like, Literally within seconds. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating, but hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. So that that is a good question, Chris. Yeah, and I mean, I knew the first. I didn't. I honestly didn't read the second half of that question, but I knew the first half of the, half of that question, which is why I was kind of asking or alluding to with the the Royce and Reina possibly playing in the midfield because I think he has to start. No questions asked because we need mm-hmm. that second midfielder there. And if we play a three. I would like to see Reyna or Royce or maybe Brandt there or rotating through that position too to play three in the middle. Yeah. And then last one here from uh, Karim Dino, Kareem Dino, which is a funny Twitter handle. He said, "Do you especially think with we the need question. another? Yeah. <laughs> do you think we need another one-on-one winger uh, this January since Malin and Adeyemi aren't performing well against low-block teams and JBG is injury prone? I don't think JBG is injury prone." Yeah, that that's what wrong, I was. Had, I was gonna say too. He, he had, had the, an injury before that. It's kind of that freak shoulder uh-huh. injury, collarbone. I think it's shoulder freak injury. With that, um, yeah, I wouldn't say he's injury prone. I, I would argue, uh, Adeyemi is not struggling as much as Malin at the moment. Of course, he's still having growing pains. He's new to this kind of level. He's new to the club. Malin doesn't have that much of an excuse. And also, Adeyemi has been outperforming him. Uh, in, in the sense that, I mean, last game against Bayern, I mean, he played very well in the in the short minutes that he had. Um, I think, again, I, I think I said this last week, but if we do have the budget to actually sign anyone in January, it should be either at left back or an anchor, another defensive midfielder to, you know, help us a little bit more whenever players get injured. Cause I, I mean, we have wingers out the ass if, whenever, if everyone is healthy, but even if everyone is healthy in our back line and send midfielders, we have just Oz Chan and Chan, and that's if they are both healthy, and Guerrero, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you have Rota, but 
we can't really continue relying on someone who plays for the second team. Yeah. And per the, I, I just breaking a low block. Cause this is specifically looking at like the game against Berlin um, coming up, I think. Cause I, I think he sent two questions and that's what he was uh, kind of getting at. Um, yeah. With, so, I mean, we, we talked about Adiemi and the stuff he needs to work on. And then what he's good at is just running at and past dudes. Cause he's so fast. And that is, I think, yeah, he's right. Like against a low block, when it comes down to those, you need to make the right decision. Um, we probably don't see the best out of Yemi because he's better if we're like working in transition. Um, so that is a thing, but I, I think it, yeah, I think he, he, like you said, he's out playing Malin. So he's definitely in over Malin, but then we, we do have the options of, I mean, Royce is going to be back soon. Um, Royce Rain is back. Rain is we back. Hazard, who's a winger. So per January, yeah, like you said, I agree. I don't think we need to sign someone. We have so many wingers, um, and I don't think we, I don't think we need to, yeah, in January specifically, be like, oh, let's get let's get a winger to mm-hmm. fight a low block situation. I think we just need to work the personnel. Like we have the personnel to do it. We just got to find out how to do it. So find out our best starting 11 still. I mean, Terza can't really do that because the lineups are picking themselves. And also he needs to work on the coaching, actual coaching of his aspect of his game to uh, get the best out of those wingers too. You know, we have the quality. It's just like you were saying, get the best out of those players. I think, I mean, we have the player like Reyna, what Brandt's been doing and Royce, like those are the players who should be, who should be picking up or picking apart the low block. And if, we have Mounier uh, and and Rafa coming down, coming down, and put really pressing high from their fullback positions, and that's going to give us the width that we need to to cross in. And if we can get those crosses in on the Modest head, then we're going to score some goals. So I don't think a winger necessarily is is it. It's just really working the system well and and getting the right players. I don't know the the lock picker players to to get that, and it's not necessarily a winger thing. But I like the question. I like that there's a lot to yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it. Thanks for reaching out. And I think that was a I think that was probably a first question from him, so I appreciate it. Um, I mean, anything else? No, that was That's all it. the Twitter questions uh we got. So yeah, again, Union Berlin Sunday, eleven thirty Eastern. Then we have Pokal next Wednesday. Um yeah, we appreciate you guys hanging out and listening. Went a little long today. We always try to keep it around an hour because we don't want to take up all your time. Or It's it's, it's so much, though, to cover at the same time. <laughs> oh, I'm no, trying I... to get through things, too, but it's like, damn, we got two games and then a preview for another two games. So. Sometimes we start a preview and it's like, this is going to be a really short episode. But <laughs> with Byron, it's not, no, not going to be short. And oh, so we did have a question, another one from Zaheen, which this wasn't necessarily a game question, but he, he did point out um, about our, like, anniversary or our year birthday if you will i don't know um which because we did last year our first episode was uh in december and it was in december we played byron later but it was it was uh, against byron and carve and i had been talking about doing the podcast and then when that game came up i was like hey man we just got to do it this is the this is the week to do it. we just got to start so zaheen did ask if we were going to do something to celebrate because it was the byron game but we'll probably wait uh, I don't. I have no idea. We have not talked about this at all. So who knows what we'll plan? But that is going to be a cool milestone that will come up in December, yeah. uh, which yeah. will be like World Cup time. So who who really knows what? But we'll we'll do something. We'll make some kind of celebration out of it. Sounds good. But uh, besides that, you can of course follow along uh, with us on Twitter and Instagram if you want to reach out. Uh, you can send us an email as always and get all those links in the description of this podcast episode. And then you can also find everything on our website, the BVB Podcast. 
Com. And that's it. If you haven't already, if you haven't left us a review on Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can also leave a review and a note on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. If you want to leave a, a review everywhere, that'd be awesome too. I think that's that's all we got. So appreciate you hanging out. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you later. Bye.